Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now, uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. I did some digging, and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, right? Gathering information, you get buy-in from every team. Uh, you know, following up, that's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. All right, today on Locked On Mississippi State, will MSU have a legit playmaker on offense in 2023 because they haven't had one in a long time? You are Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who knew that we would be back for another show? Thanks for making Locked On Mississippi State your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Bo Bounds and Blake Scott. So, Blake, today we've got uh, Mississippi State's going to hit the football field in two weeks. Um, they're going to start spring training. They're going to have a lot of familiar faces, but almost a totally new staff in different spots, head coach, coordinators, and so on. Although one of them was the coordinator, as you well know, Zach Arnett on the defensive side of the football for three years. Uh, I think the big question that people are asking is, can Justin Robinson mm. or Tulu Griffin actually be legit big-time playmakers for Mississippi State or another player? Um, I don't know what direction you would go after Justin Robinson and Tulu Griffin, both wide receivers, both totally different stylistically. You know, I mean, Justin Robinson's almost 6'5", almost 220 pounds, catch radius, you know, as wide as the uh, end zone. Um, Tulu Griffin is built really well, probably 5'10", maybe, um, and can do all sorts of different things, but he's more of a Swiss army knife between what he can do on special teams and on offense. Some would say he's already been a difference maker on special teams and that he wasn't allowed the opportunity to be a difference maker mm -hmm. on offense. But, but one, do these guys actually have NFL potential and two, can they be, and what I'm talking about is sec playmaker difference maker. Not against Bowling Green, mm -hmm. SEC. So locked on Mississippi State. Bow bounds, Blake Scott. Blake, what do you think? Yes yeah. or no? No, I think it's. I do. It's the one hundred million dollar question, right? It's the difference in Zach Arnett having some cushion after his first season or being in the hot seat after year one. It's the question that Mike Leach had to answer when he walked on campus after Joe Moorhead and had nothing in the cupboard. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State's been waiting for a receiver to do what 
we've seen their counterpart in the state seem to do almost year in and year out, and that's put together a pretty high-level SEC-caliber receiving season. To they me, did it two years ago, but he didn't stay around. Yep. No, you're right. You didn't have your NIL ready. You weren't yeah. You weren't able to keep Makai Polk on the roster. Yeah, my, he was everything he wanted. Yep. Um, but but that's it's neither here nor there now. And so now the question is, what can Justin Robinson be? Because I think you know what you have in Tulu Griffin. I think that Tulu Griffin is, you know, they list him at 5'10", a buck 80. He is... He's built. He is a guy who is explosive with the ball in his hand. We've seen what he can do in the in the special teams side of the ball. Getting him the ball on offense is going to be the key. However, your true receiving number one threat has to be Justin Robinson. It yeah. has to be. It ha- He's built like you want an NFL receiver to be built. He's got the size, the speed, the strength. He came on late. He only caught 30 passes last year, but he came on late. And, of course, we all remember the only touchdown catch in the bowl game uh, that yeah. Justin Robinson pulled down with what felt was like a hell of a catch. one one-hundredth of an inch in between him and the out-of-bounds line. Um, for the better part of 100 years. You don't And like definitely that. the last since Eric Moult. Yep. And that was in a different time. Uh, Mississippi State does not complete that pass yep. to win that game. And so that's what Justin Robinson brings to the table. Now, I'll, I'll, I don't think we're disagreeing. I think Tulu's going to get more touches. He Justin, Justin, so Tulu has an opportunity to just catch a ton of footballs and and do some crazy, crazy cool things if they feature him. In the Leach offense, they just weren't going to do it, whether that's hard-headed Steve Spurrier Jr. or they just didn't feel like he was ready. One thing, I watched some of Mike Leach's postgame uh, late in the year, and he said that no receiver had, had been able to distance themselves from others. So here's what we're going to find out with Kevin Barbet. Offensive coordinator at MSU, Blake. Can Tulu Griffin or Justin Robinson mm-hmm. or Jaden Wally or someone else separate themselves? Yeah. I mean, I, I think these two guys, I think they have NFL potential, and I think these two guys could do it. Yeah. I There's zero doubt in my mind that Justin Robinson has the ability to do it. Tulu is such an interesting animal. In the modern era of the NFL He's, and in college football where you are more likely to create specialized roles, Tulu Griffin does have an opportunity. He will be very he should be an all SEC caliber player no matter what his NFL career looks like. No doubt. Because of what you should be able to utilize him with in the offense. And what I think Kevin Barbet and he came on uh, we've we've interviewed Kevin already on the Out of Bounds show. That's right, ESPN one hundred five nine. The zone. He talked about they're going to do things that make the offense run smoother, and part of that is motion. Part right. of that is is mismatching and doing what we see the best teams in college and the NFL do, which is try to put their players in the best position to win. Mike Leach had a great offense, but he was going to run. Mike Leach's offense. He did it a little bit with Crabtree, a little bit with Makai Polk, and a little bit with the other dude out at Washington State. But not every. He didn't do it every year. I mean, it was it was interesting that Makai Polk had 105 receptions. I don't think that's Leach's system. Leach didn't change the system. Those guys were just better than anyone else. And I in the think roster. Will likes to throw to the right side. And at that point, Malik Heath was on the left yep. and in the middle of the field. He, he was comfortable, yep. but I don't know. Anyway, all right, real quick. Another football topic is Emmanuel Forbes, mm. cornerback out of Mississippi State. A lot of people have him late first, early second. 
Um, heck of a competitor, had an unbelievable career, actually underrated. And if he'd have played at even bigger crazy. program in the SEC, who knows? Um, I do think he's first-round talent. Either way, he's going to go in the second round. Barring injury, this guy could have a heck of a career in the NFL. He's long. He's at the – as far as – when the ball's in the air, he's one of the best in college football. Hey, you know who he reminds me of a little bit in that instance? Because he, do, he did leave NCAA with the career pick six record, and he left Mississippi State with some career interceptions records. He reminds me a lot of Trayvon Diggs of the Cowboys. Yeah. When the ball's in the air, Emmanuel Forbes has a way to find his hands on the football. Doesn't always come down with it. He comes down with a lot more than most people do. But he always has a way to get his hands on the ball. He's also athletically exactly what the NFL is looking for. Yeah, he is. Lanky, long, fast. He's got closing speed. He can get burnt but get back. This is not a league of shutdown corners in the sense of don't allow anything. No. It's a league of playmaking corners. Right. Where you're going to get burned a couple times, but if you can make it up with picks, with with turnovers like that over the course of the season, you're going to be a huge factor. I'm excited to see in the underwear Olympics, as we like to call it, how Emmanuel Forbes shows out because I think he physically will be exactly what the NFL wants to find. And he battles at the catch point, and that's what they're looking for. That's all you hear. All right, locked on Mississippi State, Bo Bounds, Blake Scott. And uh, if you're looking for a delicious treat, Blake, but don't want all the fat and calories, mm-hmm. then you got to try Built Bar. Uh, we just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously. They're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that when they that they are healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. And if you're close to Sam's, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later or head out to your nearest Walmart today and get a four-bar box. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so... Mississippi State Southern Miss tonight in in baseball and Mississippi State South Carolina in uh, in basketball. Uh, 
Let's start with hoops. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, they're a 16-point favorite. That Yikes. should scare you to death. Yikes. Um, they have to win to get into uh, March Madness. And Chris Jans has this team uh, magically winning games that they shouldn't win. <laughs> um, Fourth quadrant run win over A&M. Yeah, and they've already won on the road against South Carolina. Not that that means it, but they have. They played. They won on the road. They've won some cool road games at Arkansas, at Ole Miss, and so on. Um, they dropped the one to Missouri, but tonight is all about just scoring one more point than South Carolina, even with the 16-point spread, Blake. And and the question is, can they go out and get a big lead and win big? Or is this going to be mm. a game that goes all the way down to the wire? What's been the MO all season? It's grinded out. Yeah. They've not really, they're not a – when you don't they, score like – Mississippi State doesn't score. You don't run away with many. Yeah. Now, could they come out effort intensity and keep South Carolina from scoring to the point that even their 65 looks like a 20-point win? Maybe. I mean, I don't expect Mississippi State to score 80, right? So a big win, covering 16, when you average 66 points, you can do the math. I mean, that's you're saying that you think South Carolina scores under 50, basically, is the idea. Over-under is 125? Yeah. That's, so, there you go. I yeah. mean, if a 16-point spread... That's 68. Over-under, you know, 125? Yeah. Yikes. 75 and 50, that's 15 points right there. So, yeah. you're saying 74, well, 50, 49, something like that? Like, And the question is, you know, who who gets going early? If they're going to shut down South Carolina, if they do, which they have, uh, if they're going to shut them down on the defensive end, who gets going on the offensive end early? Is it is it Tolu? Is it Cam Matthews? Is it Shaq Moore? Is it Davis? Or is it DJ? Yes. I mean, I know that seems somewhat unfair, but you don't you come to the point where you have to expect Tolu like if Tolu Smith isn't getting 15 and 10 true you're kind of like that's kind of your baseline of what he has to do and he opens it all up Shaq Moore decided to score some more which was nice um over the weekend against Texas A&M and even DJ pumped in 9 you know my number with DJ 8 yep he needs to be 8 plus yep so we'll see Cam Matthews is the do it all stud who I think is actually all SEC worthy with everything that he does he's i don't know man it's almost like like you mentioned it was senior night it is yeah um he what what if they keep playing there's no telling what he could be in another couple of weeks it's pretty amazing what chris jance has been able to get out of cam matthews because this was such a raw talent and people say brandon vincent i'm like yeah but to me cam matthews is so much better but then brandon vincent had more star power on that team Blake yep. and he didn't have to do as much Cam is without Cam, Cam needs yep. to be you know as much as top three production as much as we talk about DJ and Tolu you are correct Cam Matthews has been the backbone of this program yeah. through this season quietly at first and I think every game it gets louder and louder what his performance is and what it means to this program and I don't know where the free throws down the stretch are coming but Mississippi State fans are thinking it's glorious <laughs> He was seven of nine against A and M. Um, he's had some unbelievable performances from the free throw stripe. They've actually had some other guys do really well too after they couldn't 
they couldn't hit one. I don't know what Jans and the staff didn't practice, but whatever they did, if I was an NBA team or a top 10 college basketball team, I would be flying into Starkville. Yeah, I'd, I, if you look at the, I guess it's not exactly the midway point of the season, but if you look at like the start of the season all the way to the first five or so SEC games, and then you look at that point forward, you would think that there were two different programs shooting free throws. They don't even look like they could be close to the same team. I, I couldn't agree more. And here's something else. Their ball movement on the offensive end, they may not be really good, but I, for so long, the ball died out mm-hmm. on the perimeter under Hallen. Mm-hmm. And we won't even count Rick Ray. But the, their ability to, seriously, no, especially with you. Especially, with you. I don't care if it's half court or tempo. Their ability to move the ball around, especially the perimeter. And and here's one other thing they've got going for them. Tolu Smith, for a big man, great passer. is an excellent passer. Great passer. And guess who else is? Cam Matthews. Yeah. And you, that is sneaky good ball rare. Dribbling. Sneaky good ball handling from Cam Matthews, too. Okay, the way he handled it the last two minutes of the game I, I'm against just saying, Texas a and I'm just saying, like... It, you know, we, I, I'm not going to compare the two, obviously, totally different. But, like, it had a little Jamont Gordon to it where you go, why is this big dude dribbling the basketball? Sure. You're like, what's going on here? Um, but he looked composed. What I loved about he, what he did against the hottest team in college basketball, Texas A&M, Saturday, and for our listeners, we're talking about Cam Matthews, is Blake, when he got it on some of those two or three possessions, didn't even phase him. No. He looked like he had been there before and he expected to succeed. And they had it. Correct. None of them have. Correct. There's no doubt about it. The, you know, Mississippi State's defense, we talked about this uh, yesterday a little bit. They're a top five defensive scoring efficiency. They're forcing 15 turnovers a game. I mean, 14.93. That's insane. How many steals? Did you, they had 12 on Saturday? Yeah. and You said it earlier. Uh, 12 steals, and they average nine, uh, 9.1 steals per game, which is second only to the uh, final four team that Richard Williams had. Wow. Yeah. And Richard Williams was known as a defensive specialist and coach for sure. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that you noted that. Yeah. Kudos um, to Chris Jans and all those guys. Real quick, staying on the basketball train, this is a little a little future. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because Chris Jans is trying to make the NCAA tournament, yeah. and that is all very real in front yeah. of him. Yeah. Um, a win tonight, Joe Lenardi had him on the last four buys, they're which in. means they're not even the last four in. They're the next four, so that means you've got a little cushion. If you win tonight, I think you're pretty much you're pretty much in. Um, how about Josh Hubbard, Mississippi um, high profile basketball number recruit, one player in the state out of MRA Madison Original Academy was committed to Kermit Davis and and Florida Kermit Davis and Ole Miss because when Chris Jans got hired, couldn't get his couldn't get everything rolling quick enough. Obviously, time wise, and Hubbard commits. To Ole Miss, well, now Kermit Davis fired at Ole Miss. Well, mutually let go of at Ole Miss. And Josh Hubbard now up on the uh, free market. So Hubbard signed the letter of intent in November. Mm-hmm. And they have, Ole Miss has allowed him to get out of the letter of intent, which they have to. And now he has opened up his recruitment. Mississippi State will have to fight several other teams blue blood teams some possibly because yeah. again you 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 get a, it's like uh it's like what happens in the second signing day blake and football yep some guys are over recruited now now josh hubbard is a legit dude yeah um but supply and demand supply there's and less demand. supply and there's supply still and more demand. demand so 
So I think the Josh Hubbard news is interesting. We'll obviously monitor that throughout the time as as the season continues. Um, but Josh Hubbard being heck of a player for MRA started in the eighth grade. He broke their scoring record, obviously. And um, he holds the record for most points scored in Mississippi uh, high school basketball. So boom. it's like 4,000 something. It's an insane Incredible. number. He can shoot from yeah. the parking lot. He, so he reminds me of me when I was younger. Uh, maybe a little that. more bounce. I'm yeah. not a lot, but a little bit. But yeah, no. he uh, it's I'll tell you this much for Chris Jans. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself again, but it's it's an opportunity to have your have your cake and eat it too. To have an incredible first season, mm-hmm. to capitalize on momentum, and to make the NCAA tournament would all be incredible. To to kind of tie that up with a bow by then stealing Josh Hubbard from your in-state rival, mm-hmm. you know, you can't write a better first year. No, so no, you can't. All right, so tonight, Mississippi State, South Carolina at the Hump, eight o'clock. 16-point spread, and I think Mississippi State wins by 12. I'm going to say win, but don't cover. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. 16's too much for a team that doesn't score the ball. They have just gone too much. Maybe more in the 9-10 range. We'll see. God, are they, are they going to continue to hit free throws the way they have? All right. Locked on Mississippi State. Bo Bounds, Blake Scott. Thanks again for making Locked on Mississippi, Mississippi State your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Tonight, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, in the Jackson Metro at the Mississippi Braves Stadium in Pearl, and this is a big one. It, it's 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 huge. Um, Southern Miss coming off a super regional team uh, where they lost to Ole Miss. Mississippi State coming off a terrible year, 26 and 30. This is locked on Mississippi State with Bo Bounds and Blake Scott. Blake, tonight, mm. you've got Bradley Lofton starting for Mississippi State, the freshman phenom out of DeSoto County, who they didn't even think would get to campus. <laughs> Um, he's already looked those. good. And then Southern's going to be throwing Tyler Martin, who looks like a craft. This is not good for most college baseball teams, especially Mississippi State. Tyler Martin for Southern Miss is a senior. He's a transfer from Nebraska, and he's a crafty left-hander. Uh-oh. You don't want to look up five innings in. And you've got one hit on the board. Yeah. And you're down four nothing. You, you you talking about that ULM game last week? Yeah. About the same day. <laughs> yeah. It's setting up, man. Does Scott Barry know baseball or does Scott Barry know baseball? Uh I mean, he he Ugh. knew what he's doing. He said Mississippi State struggled against the lefty against ULM. I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna bring out uh Tyler Martin and an experienced left hander. Yeah. Right? Fit he's a senior, he's a transfer, he's been through the wars. He's played big-level Power 5 baseball. That will be interesting. How does the Mississippi State offense, which Saturday had a pretty good day. Sunday had a great day. True. Can they, is that, are we going to go back to your Friday appearance where you, you couldn't score, you couldn't get hits? Are you going to be kind of in the middle or are you going to explode again? What What's it going to be like for this Mississippi State offense against, again, what was it? It feels like it's been six years they've struggled with the crafty lefty. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like it's been forever. Okay, and also, that's a big ballpark. 
And this is a team that hits the ball up in the air in Mississippi so State. So you hope to get some of those in the gap, both teams. But Mississippi State would love to see Ledbetter, Hunter Hines, Bryce Chance, Dakota Jordan, among others, um, you know, get that ball out in the gap and have some fun. So I think it's important that if you're Mississippi State, two things have to be the case. One, you really want to see Bradley Lofton look like he did in his first start. Get off to a good start. I don't. There'll be 8,000 people yeah. there tonight. And I don't know if that could affect Tyler Martin, too. He didn't play in front of that many people at Nebraska. And what are the odds, you know, what statistically, what are the odds that a freshman can come out in his first and second start and be dominant? I don't know. I mean, I, Bradley Lofton's uh, a gonna, kid with that. Well, he's got every opportunity in the world. So they thought he was a first rounder. I don't believe the moment will be too big for him. I agree. With who he who he played against in travel ball, I don't think the moment will be too big. Right? I'm I'm one hundred percent with you. I don't I don't think it's gonna be about moment. It's just gonna be about do you have your stuff, stuff every night? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. What level and of how stuff will does the, he have? How will this home plate umpire handle the twenty second clock, the pitch clock, and the zone. and as you said, the strike the zone. The strike zone yeah. that with TrackMan, they we've got a tighter strike zone. Like, who does that favor? I don't. Lofton, Tyler Martin, someone else. Who knows? Can I ask you this question? So we've this is a debate that goes back in baseball a long time: patience versus aggression at the plate. Right? There's two kind of trains of thought. There's well, I guess there's three. There's there's both ends of the spectrum, and then there's in the middle. One end of the spectrum says you're aggressive. You you swing first pitch. Almost every time. Yeah. Because that's the best pitch you're going to get. The other side of that, and we've seen players do this at the MLB level, is I'm not I'm not swinging at the first pitch almost no matter what. Right. And I'm going to let it go every time. And then there's somewhere in the middle. To me, the new zone in college baseball, which is much more a minor league zone. Yeah. It's a minor league styled zone. It is much tighter than we've ever seen. It's a good point. Um, it's a double A zone. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to define it. To me, that... What did you see against Mississippi State with VMI? And what did you see with ULM? And what did you see um, with Arizona State? Patience. When they were patient and the, the, the state pitchers could not consecutively hit the zone, all of a sudden those pitch counts got real high. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I think we at one point, Mississippi State had thrown like 135 pitches through six innings on Friday against Arizona State or something like that. Well, yeah, and that, that is the extreme. Correct. So, yeah, Cade Smith has looked really good. Um, throughout his career, and I was surprised to see that. But then after him, nobody else, as you referencing, nobody else could throw strikes. So it's a tight zone. And so to me, for Mississippi State, your offense is set up to take advantage of this new era of of balls and strikes, in my opinion. I agree. More than any... Amani Larry. In the last 10 years. Ledbetter, Jordan, Hines. All these guys. Clark, Hancock. Yeah. I mean, Highfield, who's not even a full starter right now. That's a I mean, great that's, point. I wonder who. That's a good point. I wonder who will start at catcher tonight. Can right? I tell you who Luke I. Luke Hancock or Ross Highfield? Do you know who I think needs to be in the lineup given what the type of ballpark you're playing in? Ross Highfield. I don't know whether that means DH or catcher, but he hits the ball on a rope. He hits line drive. True. So far, Ledbetter. And Highfield have been your best line drive gap guys. Yeah. This is a park we've seen Mississippi State and Ole Miss play here infinite amount of times. It's a gap park. Don't you think that uh, this is locked on Mississippi State with Bo Bounds and Blake Scott 
uh, Mississippi State Southern Miss tonight. Do don't you think that Colton Ledbetter, starting outfielder for Mississippi State, don't you think his name sounds like he is a big time country music star? Yeah, I could see that. I could like, yeah. Uh, isn't there a former Ole Miss baseball player turned country music I think there singer? Is. He, I think that's the guy who did uh, the Ed Orgeron song, right? Wasn't he a former baseball player? Oh, I don't know about I that. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there's... Colton Ledbetter yeah. reminds me of somebody who's got several top yeah. country music hits, a beautiful wife... Plays out of Nashville. And plays out of Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. I could see that. And he may play Major League Baseball. I could see I could see Colton Ledbetter being a, a country music star. No, I, he's going to have to be a star tonight. You're going to have to have that type of hitting. You know what's Southern something Miss. else that I think is interesting that you and I have talked about the last five years on the Out of Bounds show on the ESPN 105.9 The Zone... How about the way this team is built, Blake, as far as physically? Yeah, that was my point. They're, they, they're built differently than they've ever been. We knew that that's what Lamonis wanted, that that's what they did at Louisville, and that's what he was trying to do, you know, corn-fed dudes at Indiana. But, uh, I mean, Blake, some of these guys? Yeah. Look he, at- even Ledbetter, even Amani Larry at, at second. But, but Hunter Hines, Dakota Jordan, yep. Ledbetter – Ross Highfield may not be tall, but he is thick. Mm-hmm. And Slade offered. Uh, there's some, there's some big dudes. Yeah, I I look at those three names. There's some pork chops going on in the in the clubhouse. <laughs> those three names that you just mentioned. One we saw last year, SEC All American Hunter Hines, uh, freshman All American. But then Dakota Jordan and Ross Highfield. To me, those three guys embody kind of the new. Uh, it's it's crazy that we're saying new because we're like five years in now of Lamonis, but the new era of Chris Lamonis Mississippi State baseball I agree. is going to be built with that type of uh, light tower power, or as we'll say in Startville, loft power. Right? It's it's uh, it's left field loft power is what they're looking for, and they've already found some of it in these young guys. The question is, can you keep oh, that going and, and find pitching? No doubt, no doubt. But it's fun to talk about hitting and. Well, chicks, bombs. chicks dig the long ball. They do, and and gap, you know, gap power. I was uh, also Kellum ball. Clark. Man, he's put on some yeah. really good weight. And that guy was sick as a dog a couple of years ago. It's good to see him, you know. Uh, I think really come around physically. Yeah. In his last year at Mississippi State, you hope he has a good year. So, dogs, Eagles tonight. It's the earliest we've ever seen them in Pearl that you and I could ever remember. Um, Give me your thoughts. ULM, uh, ULM, Southern Miss throwing the lefty a la ULM. Mississippi State, Bradley Lofton. One, do you think we see Gerangelo after Lofton? I do. I do too. Secondly, what yeah, is, I do. How, how do you think this thing plays out for the dogs? Hey, this, is sad. this is how sad this is. As big a deal, as, as little a deal as this should be, if they lose, it will be another meltdown. Heck yeah, and it, it shouldn't be because you could lose this game and still make it to Omaha. It, it's not true, but it will be a meltdown but for state it, if they it, lose. It's where we are in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, Southern Miss coming off two losses to Illinois over the weekend. Yeah. Which way do you think it goes, Southern or State? Who takes it? Uh, I'll go Mississippi State. Yeah, tight one. You think yes. they walk blow it out? Okay. No, all right. No, I like no. it. All right, so we're going to the game tonight. Yeah. Hey, thanks. We want to thank everybody for listening to Locked On Mississippi State with Bo Bounds and Blake Scott. And thanks for making Locked On Mississippi State your first listen today. Um, for your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. 
Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 